Hey, it's producer Michael Miracle here with a quick word of thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. It's folks like you who make this workplace movement work. That's why we strive to highlight great authors and experts who bring phenomenal insight on how to bring Jesus into your workplace. Share this podcast with your friends, family, and coworkers, and together we'll make the I Work For Him mission a success. Thanks again for listening. Let's start the podcast. You're tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio as we broadcast during... Tropical Storm Emily, a non-event for North Tampa, and a big event for South Tampa. But for the rest of you across the nation, it's sunny skies as it is always on the last day of July. But thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him. No, you don't really need a weather report, but just in case some of you are wondering, hey, what's it like at Tampa today? Well, it depends on where you are. And as always, the weather always perplexes the weather people. And God's weather does things that it wants to do. But last night we saw a storm swirling off the coast. It formed. It came ashore this morning. It was a non-event here at my place. I live right across the street from the beach. But about 17 miles south of us, six or seven inches of rain. Fantastic, beautiful day. Rainy days and Mondays tend to get you down. But when it's got Tropical Storm Emily written around it, a little bit more exciting. All right, listen. Where do you go to hear the heartbeat of what's going on in the local marketplaces and workplaces? Radio, of course, in small and large towns across America, radio is the platform for getting the latest on the news and information. Podcasts that people put out there, they're they're on information, but radio is live. It's what's happening. It's, It's here. It's now. But what about finding out what's going on in the marketplaces and workplaces focused on kingdom pursuits? Where do you go to get that information? Of course, the answer is still radio. Today we're going to talk with fellow Faith and Work radio talk show host, Bob Lambert. He's out of Chicago every Saturday from noon to one. He broadcasts on WYLL, 1160 AM. Bob hosts Faith Marketplace, and we welcome Bob Lambert Lambert to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Thanks. I really appreciate you. <laughs> yeah, I think what's great Probably is that... It, well, I think it's great is that in order to be a Faith and Work radio talk show host, you have to be married to a woman named Martha. Apparently, that's a prerequisite. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that you married up also, so... <laughs> That's exactly right. And you've been married about the same amount of times. You have the same amount of kids as I do. You've got one more grandchild to me, but I'm still working on that. I got kids that haven't even got married yet, so I'm still good there. So well, I've got one that hasn't got married yet, too, so... Oh, well, it'll be a competition, and we'll see who ends up with more. There we more. go. <laughs> we'll see who ends up with more. Bob, I'm really excited to have you on, because it's uh, every time I find out about another person that's in the country talking about faith and work, I want to get them on, not only to bring attention to your show, but just to let people know, hey, this is not something just happening in Tampa Bay and on iHeartRadio and on iTunes as they listen to iWorkForHim, but that the Lord is raising up an army of people to be a mouthpiece for the faith and work movement to help people understand that their workplace really is their mission field. And in that mission field, they may be the only Jesus their coworkers and employees may ever meet. So I was super excited to hear about your show and super excited to have you on the air today. So, But before we get into all of that, I'd like to know, Bob, who first introduced you to the idea that your faith and your work should be integrated? Well, it's interesting, Jim, because I came to the Lord 16 years ago, and shortly after I did, uh, I got introduced to uh, C12, which is a Christian peer group. I know you've had them on, and you're a big proponent of those, but that really is where it started and completely changed my whole perspective of uh, my business. Uh, now that I was a steward of it, I actually didn't own it. It was a gift to me. 
And so the, going through C12 for almost seven years, um, that really changed a lot of my perspective. And frankly, it was kind of the precursor what led me into the show, although I didn't know it at the time. God was preparing me for that. And uh, through the great uh, folks that I met in C12 all over Chicagoland area, plus other Christians, um, that's really how I how I got to understand uh, that as a steward of the business that I really had a responsibility to shepherd that business, but not only that, but also to walk in the business and walk the word. So uh, trying to be salt and light out there to folks um, in a pretty dark world. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. And, and I love that. So what is your ministry in the marketplace? Well, the business that I own, I've, I've founded and co-founded four startups, and I'm on my fifth and sixth now. So I, I see this as a huge mission field. <laughs> and the business, the main business, is called the Samurai Business Group, and that is a, a mastery-level sales training program for mainly B2B salespeople that are in more complex selling and all that. So interestingly enough, about uh, as we discovered over the years of training people and companies, um, that about over 70% of the folks that have gone through our training um, – are people of faith. So it was, I don't think it was any accident that God sent to certain people, but also then the outreach to uh, the, you know to other folks uh, that are uh, not of the Christian faith, and being able to demonstrate my faith in different ways you know, in that marketplace. I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, I do a lot of coaching. Um, also belong to several not-for-profits. And so I really um, you know, find myself to be an ambassador for Christ. Well, that's pretty exciting. I, I, I love the fact that you have already done four startups. You're on number five and six. But this training that you're doing, business-to-business business sales, I've done business-to-business business sales a lot of my life in the commercial insurance mm-hmm. world and in the IT world on small business. So I've always been a small business guy. I mean, you know, 10 right. employees or less, not, not the big stuff, not enterprise level. But I, when you're training and people are trusting you to feed into them wisdom so they can be more successful at the careers, they have a, it's almost like they have an open port into their hearts for you to be able to speak truth where they wouldn't, truth wouldn't necessarily be received in another fashion, but they'll receive it because they're paying you to train them. Yeah, and that's a big factor, trust, because that's really at the heart of anything, particularly sales, as you know. If you don't get gain trust, then you've got nothing. You don't have a sale. So I really lock and load on that, and also relational um, skills of how you become relational. Obviously, that plays right into, you know, showing the milk of human kindness, uh, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. A lot of the kind of the biblical principles that get um, baked into what we do. I mean, this is, you know, it's not rocket science to do this stuff, but... Uh, when I have a chance, you know, where I make a point, and if I have um, a piece of scripture that will emphasize that point, I, I'm not shy about putting them on, on the screen or in the material. Hmm, that's fantastic. So what were the other four startups? I mean, when you set up companies to grow, were you able to infiltrate? I don't know if they were all, I mean, you, you said 16 years ago you came to Christ, so I'm sure some of those startups were, were BC, before Christ. But since that 16 they all were. years ago, they all, oh, were. they all were. The, the Samurai, yeah, I, I came to the Lord the same year I, I founded the Samurai. Okay, so then how have you been intentional in building your faith into what you do? Well, again, like I said, you know, through the through the uh, uh, the training, uh, whenever I get an opportunity to share that, all the most anybody that goes through my training knows I'm a Christian. I don't hide that under a basket. You know, as you know, that uh, Matthew five sixteen is a theme of of the program, and we adopted that as our, our scripture. You know, to let the light uh, uh, shine out before you for the glory of God, and uh, that's exactly the way I look at it. Well, and I, and, I, and I asked the question wrong. What I meant to say was, okay, do you have employees in, in Samurai? Uh, with, do you have employees within that group? 
No, unfortunately, uh, I, the only play that there was, uh, we just lost him in March. That was my partner, uh, passed away in March. So uh, mm, okay. I'm a solopreneur right now looking for uh, some folks maybe to bring into the business. But we intentionally did it that way, Jim, because I had employees in my previous businesses. I built a $25 million marketing agency in the mid-'80s here. Um, built uh, Willy Wonka Brands Nerds Candy brand. Also was uh, launched uh, Muhammad Ali's fan club, worldwide fan club. So uh, at that point, I had 25 employees, but I, w- I didn't know the Lord. So it sure. uh, would have been a great mission field if I had no, no and, and that's it. I mean, that's what that's where I was getting is that a lot of times we, we, re- we really learn how to connect our faith and our work when we actually get to practice that pastoring. But you're getting to do that just one-on-one for people that attend your, your training. That's something that gets to be done. But it's, it, it's a little more in-depth when you actually get to do it with, at an employee level. So, yeah. And the other thing, too, is I run networking events. A lot of, you know, a lot of people that in the Chicagoland area know that I'm a Christian. I don't, they, don't, they don't hide that. As a matter of fact, I have Jewish friends who are sending people to me you know, and say, here, go see him. He's one of those Christians. You know, so. <laughs> when you say you run networking groups, what do you mean? Uh, we have executive networking groups that basically I coach and teach this stuff, so I better be able to do it myself. So these are small, medium-sized business owners. By the way, that's my marketplace. I don't go okay. chase after the, corp- the, the big corporations. I was I played in that arena for many years, and so my heart's really for the small, medium-sized business owner because uh, when you look at the number of those versus fortunes and who is employing people, it's them. And they have the biggest influence. You know, when I went through my C12 training, one of the things I learned is that the average small business has influence over about 1,500 people. That's bigger than most churches. So when you think about the customer base, their vendors, and their employees, that's a heck of a mission field. It, re- uh, it is. And that's really what we talk about all the time is the fact that just helping people recognize the fact that when they go to, they go to church on Sunday, what they learn has application to every day of the week in their workplace. But we all need to be... Really just encourage, just as you were in C12, and yes, we talk about C12 on, on this show all the time because I've seen the amazing transformation work that C12 has done on people's lives. But once you realize that your workplace is your mission field, wow, it opens up your eyes to the fact that you really go into your ministry place on Mondays. We're talking today with Bob Lambert. He is a radio talk show host out of Chicago, the Windy City. And no, we're not talking about politics today. We're talking about the faith and work movement, God moving in the hearts and minds of Christ followers in their workplaces all over the country. But today in Chicago, one of the top three cities in the country for population, it's a busy city. It never goes to sleep. Bob, welcome back to I Work For Him. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. So you've been in Chicago land how long, of, how much of your life? Uh, I landed here in 1976 at the tender age of uh, 28, running a 300-person sales organization for a great company called Nestle. Nestle, I recognize that. They got this thing <laughs> called the Crunch Bar. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right, so so, and that's where that's where you got into the chocolate business. You mentioned that you helped out with the Nerds brand and the Willy Wonka brand. Yeah, that's right. But in all of that, you never found Jesus, because I'm pretty sure Jesus would be in favor of chocolate. I'm pretty sure he would. But, you know, I I grew up in a very traditional background in western Ohio. I was a Roman Catholic background. I had priests, nuns, and monks in my family. I was the oldest of 23 grandchildren, related to half of the parish that I belonged to, and at age 17, walked away from everything. Hmm. Why'd you walk away? Just wasn't buying into it, and uh, just got caught up in my career and starting family and all the rest of it. And back then, you know, money was my God. My, my, my work and position and all that were, you know, that's what I was striving towards. Uh, God wasn't in the picture, unfortunately. 
Yeah, you mentioned that 16 years ago. So you lived a lot of years in between leaving the faith or leaving religion and finding Jesus. There was a lot, or Jesus finding you. There's a lot of years in between there. How was the Yeah, 36 per- years in the desert. <laughs> and as I wow. tell people, my testimony and my claim to fame is I beat the Jews by four years. You know, they wandered around for 40. It took me 36. So. <laughs> okay. So how did that eventually happen? How did, how did the Lord finally grab your heart? Well, it's interesting. It was in the marketplace. It was three guys I call my three kings. And through that year, period of time and meeting executives in different companies, all three guys were in different areas of the country. Um, all three of them, I didn't know they were Christians. There was just something different about these guys. They were at peace, the way they handled themselves, how they talked to people. And I just admired it, but I didn't know it. was. I just thought that's the way they were. Until finally, my lead king here in Chicago, it just dawned on me. And he's the one, actually, that helped to lead me through that, gave me uh, the Bible. Um, one day at a time, NIV version, back in ni- Christmas in 98. And I vowed the greatest book ever written. I'm in my 50s, and I haven't read that book. So I did. I got through it. It was phenomenal. And then went to look to find a church home for through, all through 2000. Ended up in a little e-free church up in my community in uh, Christmas of 2001. And uh, Christmas music still playing, and I'm back in the back row and started crying like a baby and gave myself the Lord right there. Mm, fantastic. Martha and I both grew up in the free church. So lo- love those little small churches. There's some great, a lot of them, yep. great ones in the, in the Midwest for sure. So, yep. so you've been a successful business guy. You finally got involved in C12. You got involved in C12 mm-hmm. after that. Were those three, your three kings, were they involved in C12 groups around the country? No, actually, they are. One of them now is a convene, a new convene chair up in uh, Southern Wisconsin. So I'm helping him to get his. We don't talk about cheeseheads on this show. Sorry, you have to can't talk about the cheesehead. No cheeseheads on okay. the show. Okay, <laughs> talk about, about the other that. guys. That's uh, okay. I'm still bitter. I grew up in Minnesota. I don't know if I told you that. But I grew up in Minnesota, so I'm still a little bitter. You know that that whole. That, I'm sorry. The whole Green Bay, Chicago Bears, Minnesota Vikings. Oh, yeah. I'm still. I need counseling. I do. I really do. All right. Sorry. Okay. So you got your you guys a convene chair. One of your kings is a convene chair, and we've had right. um, Guy Rogers. Uh, Guy Rogers, I think, is the guy that runs convene. We've had the convene president on. I work for him. Phenomenal ministry. Yeah, it's a great ministry. And and then the other two uh, are business owners, both of them, and great, great Christian brothers. As a matter of fact, we're in contact all the time. I had one whole show devoted to them. Um, the three of them had them all together in the show and uh, made them promise they wouldn't talk too much about my sin days. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but that's that's what brings glory to God when you start not not that you talk about the details, but to talk about the amazing restoration that's happened since then. You look at those sixteen years yeah. in your life and what the Lord has done, and you're like, wow. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the neat part about Jesus. I mean, the miraculous work that He does in our lives. It is, and, and it's very real to me, because one of the exercises we had to do when I was in C-12, we went up to a retreat. One of the guys had a place in Wisconsin, and went to a retreat, and over that weekend, what we had to do is we had to have three-foot pieces of butcher paper ta- taped together that represent the decades of our life. Well, I had the most on the wall. We had to draw a median line through the middle of that horizontally. Above that, we were with the Lord, and below that, we weren't. And so I had three and a half decades there on the wall that I was not walking with the Lord. I was kind of an amateur artist when I was in high school, so I depicted that entire walk with the footprints in the sand along the whole bottom. And I know for a fact that I would not be here talking to you today if it wasn't for the grace of the Lord, because there's many, many times I should not be alive. Wow. That, and, and, but that's the neat part. Isn't that, I mean, isn't yep. that why we're on the air? I mean, we're on yep. the air 
because of exactly your testimony that we're on there because we want, there's a lot of people out there that are in business, that are in the workplace, that are in the marketplace and, and not everybody's in a marketplace. That's why I always say the workplace and, and they, they're never going to go to church. They're never going to go to church. We got to bring Jesus to them. And it's all about that. The phenomenal salvation, the, the salvation power, the blood of Jesus power that, that, that he can bring, that we can bring to the workplace with us, but we got to equip people and encourage people to bring that with them to the workplace. Yep. Yeah, that's and again, you know, ever since I got into the show and God laid this on me, that my belief is, and I, I know you're you're strong there too, is that the, the the revival in this country is going to come in the marketplace. It's not going to be in the four walls of churches, um, and especially with the millennials. So I'm really challenging Christian business leaders to step up because uh, it's by their actions, it's by their walk, not the talk. Uh, these kids are highly skeptical of, of anything mm-hmm. you know that is organized, whether it be religion or politics or government, corporations. And so it's through the walk, not the talk, you know, that's going to bring them there. That's how you show up, how you treat people, you know, uh, all people, not just the people that, you know, certain people. So... Uh, as a matter so tell, of fact, we've had a lot of millennials on talking about just exactly that. We should share show lists because maybe there's some more. I, I know I've interviewed several millennials from up your way that mm-hmm. are that there's just what I love about the millennial generation and next the digital gen. Those kids that are graduating from high school and going to college now that they mm-hmm. they they want they want authentic. They want vulnerable leadership. They want real. They want to taste it, touch it, feel it. They want to know. They're not interested in religion at all. They are interested. Right. They just want real. Well, I've got one. If you haven't interviewed her, uh, Gabrielle Brochet. I don't know if you've uh, seen anything on her. She's one of the top uh, subject matter experts now in the world. Um, people are just after her, but she's a strong Christian. Uh, I just had her interviewed her uh, last week. She's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks on my show. And um, I was she flew to Chicago to be with her publisher, and I was able to have um, some time with her and her husband today. And, oh, boy, I'll tell you, they're rocking it. <laughs> it's going to be great. So talk to me about how the Lord led you to doing radio. And talking about your faith in, in the in the marketplace, faith market, your show. Well, we're talking today with Bob Lambert. I should re- restate that. We're talking today with Bob Lambert. He broadcasts every Saturday from noon to one in Chicago on AM 1160 WYLL. And his name of his show is Faith Marketplace. You can find him online at faithmarketplace.com. That's where you can find all his podcasts, too, of the shows, faithmarketplace.com. How did the Lord move you? Uh, how did the Lord move you to being on the radio? Yeah, it's a great. That's, that's another God story, Jim. Because that was never in the galaxy of my thinking to do something like this. But uh, you know, and and frankly, what happened was I was struggling with my calling. I was struggling with where God wanted me. And what did He want me to do with my gifts? You know, I wasn't interested in doing kids ministry. I wasn't interested in foreign missions and all those, all these te- you know wonderful ministries. But it just wasn't singing to me. And so a gentleman that actually this is my community by the name of Jim Moran been on radio for 25 years, and I knew Jim through different circles, and so he had what I called, you know, four years ago last June, he had what I called the uh, eighth wonder of the world, the birth of his first child. And so I invited him out to lunch and said, hey, Jimmy, let's go to lunch, let's celebrate this, this is going to rock your world, it's going to change your world. And so over lunch, he looks at me, he says, Bob, Bob, we just had a a time slot open at noon to one o'clock on Saturday, why don't you host a show talking about integration of faith and work? And I was stunned, I'm just looking at the guy, and I'm saying, you know, I know I got the face for radio. I didn't know I had the voice for it. And I swear to goodness, Jim, the next words out of my mouth were not of me. 
the next words were, well, what do we have to do to get something like this done? That was the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. And Jim explained it to me, and then I said, we got to set a deadline. I want to be on by fourth quarter of 2013. We did. So on Saturday, October 26, 2013, I launched the show. And why it's a special date is that that was my departed father's birthday, and I know he was up with the Lord. So I dedicated the show to Dad. And we've been on the show on the air now almost four years. That's fantastic. I love that. All right, so... Bob, as we talk about what the Lord is doing in Chicagoland, I just want people to think everything they hear in the news is negative about Chicago. Yet you and I know where that is happening is right in a very small area, and God is doing amazing things all over Chicago. Let's talk about some of those really cool things. Yeah, you're right, Jim. I'm I'm really I'm very excited about it. I mean, there's a firestorm coming across the country, particularly on the on the subjects of what we talk about, faith and work, and it's uh, it's happening here in Chicago. Um, you know, like we talked about these peer groups, Convene has just added two more chapters here in Chicago. Uh, I know that uh, the folks out of um, uh, Truth or uh, Truth and Work out of uh, Indianapolis are coming up this way. There's a, a lot of uh, folks that are looking at Chicago now. When I originally started, what I really heard, felt the Lord speaking into my heart was, Bob, you know, I've got these islands of Christianity here in Chicago. Bring them together. Unite them. Because there's a large contingency of Catholic Christians here in Chicagoland area in all different multi-denominations, but I've had a number of those folks and and been able to try to start stitching together uh, communities that will come together, you know, as for one purpose, and to that would be basically to live our faith out at work uh, and leave all the sticks and stones and the division, you know, away from that because that's what the focus is. But you got C12s growing here. You got Marketplace Chaplains has done a heck of a job here in Chicagoland area. If if the listeners have never heard about them, it's phenomenal what they do, the work they do. InterVarsity is adding uh, more campuses here in Chicago. They're already in Northwestern. They're at DePaul. They're at um, University of Chicago, uh, University of Illinois Circle Campus. Uh, we've got uh, Crew has developed a phenomenal program. Actually, it's a uh, beta program here in Chicago that's now starting to spread across the country called Millennials in Work. And uh, they have a, uh, folks that are just dedicated to bringing millennials together in non-threatening uh, environments to basically start looking at and understanding what their calling might be and also to help them. Because a lot of them are coming in from out of town. It's a safe zone for them to come together and uh, and find some things. Barnabas is uh, has grown enormously here in Chicago under the leadership of Tommy Lee and his brother Jimmy. And uh, that's been, uh, you know, it's had, it's had its transformations, but that one has, has become big. Pinnacle Forum has been revived here in the Chicagoland area now. We've got, I think, five chapters around the city. Uh, Chicago Fellowship uh, has over 800 members. Uh, 300 of those attend, which I'll be going to my fourth one, an annual retreat up in uh, early September in Wisconsin. So over 300 Christian brothers that come together at a um, renovated Girl Scout camp that two of the guys own that are leading this. And I have to tell you something, it is powerful. <laughs> powerful wow. day. And then made to flourish here in Chicagoland area from the last count sure. I know. It's in excess of about 250 pastors now that are blowing, uh, have joined that. That so, is cool. Um, Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So Cause, cause I just gives a couple of the highlights. <laughs> well, those are huge. Those are huge lights. That's what that is. I mean, I love that because there is... I love the Made to Flourish thing because there's a lot of cities around the country that don't have a Made to Flourish captain yet. We're still, I, last I checked, there's still not a Made to Flourish pastor captain in Tampa Bay, even though we've tried. Yeah. It's, it's, just a, it's one of those tough things. And Tampa Bay is a dark area like Chicago. 
a little mm-hmm. bit different because it, it, everybody comes here to vacation. They don't ever come. They don't come here to live. They don't think, but then they get sucked into the beauty of it year round. We do not have nasty Januarys like you do. It's a little nicer <laughs> here in January. All right, yeah. so you just named a ton of ministries, all of which, except for one, have been represented on I Work for Him. But so you're hearing a lot of stories. I've never heard of the Chicago Forum. That was one you said there was 800 business leaders involved. Yeah, Chicago Fellowship. Yeah, Fellowship. Yeah. Excuse me, I apologize. Yeah. All right, that sounds really yeah. cool. I mean, what is the purpose yeah. of that one? Uh, well, they, they engage in a lot of uh, mission type of things, going down into uh, South America, um, you know, building orphanages and taking care of the poor down there. Um, and there's really, you know, it, they come together once a week here in Chicago, in different, multiple locations. Uh, there's one uh, called One North Kitchen right on, on uh, Wacker Drive, here, a very famous area. And they are only a, a lunch and, and dinner place. They open up specifically for this group. And they'll be anywhere from 70 to 150 guys show up on an early Friday morning, 6.30 in the morning for that ministry. That's great. You get to interview a lot of great people every week mm-hmm. on 1160 AM there in Chicago. And, and as I understand it, when I was in Chicago last, which was just a month and a half, two months ago, I got 1160 all the way to the Quad Cities, uh, which is the other end of the state. And, and I, I didn't know about it until I got to Chicago, so I don't know how far out, but I imagine you go out, you know, do you, do you make it all the way down to Indianapolis? Do you make it all the way to Fort Wayne? Do you know how far out the other direction you guys make it? No, we just get out uh, out to around the lake. Basically, it does. Okay. We get skip across the lake into western western Michigan. Does we hit northern Indiana up as far as Milwaukee? Out as far west usually is Rockford. So I'm quite impressed that you get out to the quad. But more importantly, is we're broadcast on the internet too. So there's a download right. for AM 1160 on the internet. As I tell people, you know, don't you, you don't have to plug in just the AM station as far as the signal goes. So we broadcast worldwide. Now, you're um, on iHeartRadio, like I am, correct? Uh no, I'm on Salem. You're on say well, but they don't rebroadcast. So they don't rebroadcast up there in Chicago on iHeartRadio. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Okay. I think they All do. Right. Um, okay. Yeah, right. so, iHeart so up here. K is K Love up here. So, so let's talk about some of the people that you have interviewed. Some of the stories, people sharing what Christ has done in their workplaces. Some of the incredible stories you shared. A couple of those with me in podcasts. I listened to them a little bit this morning. Talk to me about some of the stories that have moved you and moved your listeners. Well, I have to tell you that having uh, uh, ambassador, a uh, former ambassador to Kenya and uh, retired major general of the Air Force, Scott Gration, on that wrote a book that's phenomenal. I encourage any of your listeners to, to read this book because you want to talk about miracles. Man, oh, man. This guy was like a cat, you know. He had nine lives. And uh, what a gracious guy. But he's the only person I've dedicated the whole show to because I spent, uh, you know, I served my country in the Navy. And so uh, hearing his story, and actually it was through uh, – and Christ Church uh, formed a group called the Forum that meets uh, once a month in a uh, actually a brew pub <laughs> as an threatening area to as an outreach to bring people in. And we've had over 300 guys attend those monthly meetings. And that's where I met Scott. His sister actually attends the church that started this thing. But Scott is out of Kenya. He grew up in Kenya, and as you heard maybe in that, I mean, just phenomenal stories of him being in the Air Force, how, you know, God protected him from getting killed multiple times, and then you know, leading into the uh, political side of it, that he actually took Obama to Kenya. His first visit to Kenya was led by Scott, taking him all through Kenya because he grew up there. He actually also became inducted into as a Maasai warrior in uh, an African tribe. And it's uh, quite a ceremony. 
that he went through. I don't want to upset any of your uh, listeners' stomachs as to some of the stuff he told me. It was incredible. But through all that, God was really shining on him, but also gave him great trials to get through. It was because of leaning on the Lord. He got stripped of his ambassadorship because they a political move by the State Department, which I'm not going to go into a whole lot of it. It was something akin to the whole Benghazi thing. And uh, he ended up getting exonerated after he got taken away from him three months later. Uh, but he's got a wonderful story, what he's doing. I just loved, I just loved having him on the show and bringing color to that. Uh, another one was a gentleman by the name of, uh, which really is an incredible story, uh, Justin Obrock. Justin is the owner of five Culver's here in Chicago. He grew up in Wisconsin, went to the University of Wisconsin Extension up there, and basically was right around where Culver's headquarters was. And he vowed that actually at 15 he went over to Culver's headquarters and tried to get a get a you know um, on the list to become a franchisee. And they said, "Go away, kid. Graduate college and come see us after you've been out in the work world." Well, he ended up hounding down the president and the CEO of that company that was the youngest to be ever granted a Culver's franchise in the country. And what happened was they didn't have any in Wisconsin, so they gave him a franchise down here in Tinley Park. And that franchise was to open up on September the 11th of 2001. (laughs) Well, we all know what happened then. But since that time, and he ended up growing in, it was in a Christian family, but fell away when he was uh, 17, walked away from his faith, and not only became an agnostic and a a, uh, atheist, he became an anti-theist. Now, if you any of your listeners know an anti-theist, is, they actually go after anybody that has any faith element, not just Christians, everybody. But he said Christians were the easiest. And he literally, for 18 years, uh, talked against religion and faith everywhere he went. And so on a trip down to Miami, actually back from Miami, in Na- and when he was in Nashville overnight, had an episode in a hotel room that had him on his knees and uh, brought him to the Lord. And I can tell you, just as much of an anti-theist as he was, he is now an unbelievable evangelist for Christ. Matter of fact, he addressed his faith story in front of all of Moody Bible uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually YouTubed it. You could go out and check wow. it out See, and just, told his story. Just as, the, just as the Apostle Paul was so anti-Christ, the minute he met Christ, yep. he was you know, you the greatest it. defender of the faith. Wow. You got it, and that's exactly, and he's a C-12 brother. That's how I found out about him, was a C-12 chair here. Dave Lucene said, Bob, you've got to interview this guy. And so uh, when I heard his story, I said, oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> Another one was uh, Sherry Gallagher that grew up in Syracuse, New York. And she's a double E engineer. I mean, she's a, an author of children's books and so on and so forth. Well, she grew up basically in a non-faith household. And what happened was there was an um, African missionary came over to go to the University of Chicago. Her father was, was a professor there. And he was attached to one of the churches. And her father was really fascinated by Africa. So they made, struck a deal that if he would bring, if, if her father would bring her and the family or his family to church afterwards, that they would take and have lunch and he would tell them all and answer his questions about Africa until he had to leave and go back to Africa. Well, that allowed Cherry to be able to get exposed to some Christianity and to faith. But, you know, once he left the country, that got, that door got closed. Her father said, no, no more of that. And the the whole story that she unfolds past that, how she had to sneak out of the house and she'd go to church. She had inherited a Bible from her grandmother who was a Christian, and her father summarily burned it. So, uh, you know, it was just a phenomenal story of her her journey coming to the Lord and marrying a godly guy in, in the whole nine yards. I mean, I just love her to death. She's terrific and just very talented. But, boy, is she a stand for the Lord. 
isn't it a privilege to share those stories on the air? I mean, it, it's it, it's so awesome to see the individualness of the stories of each one of these encounters with Christ as they as they encounter Christ and how it impacts their lives as they go out into their workplace. It's so neat to be able to be a part of just sharing that stuff. I mean, it it, it must excite you every Saturday as you get prepared for your show. Yeah, you know, because I pre-interview everybody, so I pull up the little nuggets, you know, that they want to skip past. <laughs> you know, because I started every one of the segments, the executive interviews, are always, let's go back, you know, to uh, when you came out of the womb, you know, and you come out of Bouncing Baby Christian. And uh, amazingly enough, there's a lot of stories where they didn't have any kind of a faith background, how they came to the Lord, or they came up in a, in a traditional uh, Christian background, but they really didn't have a personal relationship with the Lord. And those are stories that start to unfold as they become young adults. And, and start to have families. Those are always wonderful things, too, to hear, that even though they grew up in a Christian background, they really did not really have a true understanding and give themselves fully to the Lord. So, uh, yeah, I'm very I'm so blessed. You know, I, like you, Jim, you know, we, it's just exciting as heck to have these kind of interviews. We're talking today with Bob Lambert. He hosts a faith market. He hosts the Faith Marketplace Radio Show Saturdays in Chicagoland from noon to one on eleven sixty a.m. You can check him out online, faithmarketplace.com, and he can tell you how to get there. Bob, let's just talk about. Let's talk to our listeners because I know that one of the things that I hear on the street as I run into people that are listening to I work for him is they want us to talk about practical things that Christ followers can really do to be effective in living out their faith in a workplace. You live in a city that is very colorful, very diverse. I mean, you talk about it's diverse. It's a very diverse city with a lot of positive and negative things going on. Talk to the blue collar people that we've got here, people that are actually doing hard work. They're, they're in the trades, they're in the construction trades or they're in the union trades. How do you, have you ever had somebody from the, the, the union trades on your show sharing how they're putting their faith oh, sure. into action? Yeah, absolutely. I had a union steward on. I've had, yeah. And people that have businesses that involve with the unions. Yeah, absolutely. So talk to, talk about one of those, maybe speak to the people listening out there today that are, that are in a union and how they can put their faith into the, into the action. Well, as you know, we talked about this, Jim, is the fact that everybody that is in the marketplace, wherever you work, and you, you quote it in, your, in, in the beginning of your show, that work for the Lord, you know, giving the glory to God, and work with excellence. And, you know, there is nothing better than to, to be with a, a worker that is in the trenches and doing the work that they're doing. They may not love the work they're doing, but they have a you know motivation or purpose for doing that. Either it's their family sending one of their kids to school, or you know they've got a woodworking business on the side, whatever that might be, to do that with excellence, but also for the glory of God. And you know, I love what. Uh, Pastor Lamar Lark has a phenomenal little church here called Connections Church of Libertyville, which is a multicultural church. He was an, he's an African American gentleman that started this church. He'd 25 years spent and uh, is an executive with Abbott up here at Pharmaceutical Company. And it's in an 18th century barn. And one of the messages that just struck me is so phenomenal that he said, and it's now being quoted around a lot, but. He said, you know, why is it that everybody has, you know, everybody's come out of the closet except for Christians? We're talking today with Bob Lambert. He hosts a radio show about faith and work called the Faith Marketplace Show. You can find him online at faithmarketplace.com. Bob, I apologize for interrupting your story, but you're talking about a pastor who made the comment that everybody else has come out of the closet except for Christians. Yeah. 
And, you know, the encouragement that I want to give to those listeners out there that don't feel that they're in a position to be in leadership or to spread the word, you know, when you look at the Bible, the work is quoted more times in the Bible than worship. And when you look at the foundations of how this whole thing got started, God created the earth. And, you know, this, 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 you know what was the first job spec he gave out? It was to Adam and Eve, right? to name the animals and tend his gardens. The other thing about that, too, is this guy by the name of Jesus Christ. What was he doing for the first 30 years? He came out of the marketplace. He was a carpenter. The guys that he picked to be his disciples, where did they come from? They came from the marketplace. They came from being fishermen and village and tax collectors and so on and so forth. So anybody that's out there, I want to encourage them, no matter what you're doing as far as work goes and how to make a living, you are the hands and feet of Christ. And it's basically the two greatest commandments, love the Lord your God and then also love your neighbor as yourself. And that's really where you can be a huge influence out there no matter what you're doing and no matter what level. Because most people are getting fed at church on Sunday. They have to go to work on Monday and leaving Jesus in the car. And so I, my challenge out there is, particularly pastors, is, is equipping, encouraging, and inspiring people to be understanding that they're in ministry at work and to do their work with excellence because all eyes are on them. Well, we do offer the I Work For Him Nation Challenge, and I don't know if when you were researching me whether you checked that out or not, but on our website, we challenge people to join the I Work For Him Nation, and really, it's not a club. It's people making a commitment to start praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day, looking for ways to serve people outside of their regular job position, looking for ways to befriend people so they can have a relationship with people and share Christ with them that way, looking for ways to pray with people when they're having a rough day, but all along being a person of excellence. Those are the kinds of people that are going to shatter what faith looks like in the workplace. Those are the people that are going to live Romans 12 to out there. What do you think the biggest obstacle that's presented out there uh, by the church in, in keeping in people's way and getting their faith into action in their workplace? Well, I, I, again, and you said we talked about before, made to flourish. I am so excited about what these young seminarians are coming out and other people are starting to join that effort because it really is starting to tilt more towards, you know, when you're at church that you are you know, being talked to about the workplace and what happens out there and the challenges you're faced with and how do you show love and grace, you know, and those kind of things. I think a lot of it, just as we go through Bible studies and, and, the, and, and kind of events like that, is how can we practically apply these things in your workplace versus versus anything else. And so there are groups popping up now in churches. Matter of fact, um, Brook, Brookside Church up in, um, or Elmwood Church up in uh, Brooks, Brookfield, Wisconsin, has got five ministries that are focused, nothing on that. It's amazing what they're doing up there. And I was at the uh, Abadea Summit in, at Trinity last fall. It's amazing the stories that are coming out now as far as churches and ministries that are, are starting to percolate out of the churches themselves. So, I, you know, I'm terribly encouraged, Jim. I think that there's a lot that's going on. There's a, First of all, all the resources are out there. You don't have to make this stuff up. There's plenty right. of resources out there that you can go to. So On that Theology of Work project that, that where they built the commentaries for every book of the Bible on – the Faith and Work movement and incorporate, and then the the new Faith and Work Bible put out by the NIV. I mean, there's there's some great resources out there. I mean, it's been phenomenal. You live in Chicago, where 762 people were murdered last year in Chicago. That's an incredible number. That's a lot of hopelessness. How is Faith Marketplace dealing with that hopelessness in Chicago today? Well, you know. I, there's a lot of ministries that I've been in contact with about this issue, and simply, the, simply put, 
it's a lack of work in these poor neighborhoods. That's what's leading to all this. And I, I have to tell you, there's a quote that I heard several years ago that I thought was absolutely right on. The best way to stop bullets is jobs. And so there's initiatives now to try, try, try to bring some of these small, medium-sized companies that had fled the city of Chicago to come back. And these are Christian-led businesses now that are being encouraged to come back into those, those places, those really pretty tough areas, to create work in there. There's also efforts going on within those communities now to inspire, encourage entrepreneurialism. Good City Chicago is one of those efforts by Jimmy Lee. And he is uh, he's um, really taking it to the board of funding. They're actually having funds that are making available to some of these areas for these young people and people that want to start businesses because they want to keep us into the community. They want to develop the community itself. So that's where I'm really excited about. I'm encouraged by it. It's a lot of, it's an uphill battle. I'm not going to kid you about that, Jim. Uh, but, you know, that's where we're going to be able to make the biggest impact. And there's some wonderful, wonderful ministries that are working on that. Stop the bullets with jobs. That's a great campaign. You should run for president. Yeah. Stop bullets with jobs. <laughs> Bob Lambert with faithmarketplace.com and Faith Marketplace Radio Show. Thank you so much for being on I Work For Him today. Really appreciate it. You're welcome, Jim. Thank you for having me. Make sure you check out Bob online, faithmarketplace.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, it's my mission field. But ultimately, I work for him.